The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. guys thinking now that the new Roni is back in our lives it's rebooted and we have crappy lake are you enjoying the new Roni are you enjoying the new crappy lake neither are you loving both well we figured this was a great time to revisit this chat with one of Sonia's former interns that's right sat down with one of Sonia Morgan's former interns. She tells it all. We love Megan. We even went out for drinks with Megan. This originally aired September of 2020. My, we've come far since then. So has Roni. Man, things have changed so much in the past three years. Listen to this interview because this was kind of the beginning of the end of our relationship with Sonia. Sonia is not pleased. And we'll get into that in another episode. This is kind of where it all started. And we thought we were being so overly as nice as possible. But this is one of Sonia's interns. She has no agenda. She tells it all. And we just figure with Crappy Lake on, new Roni, it was time to sit down and reminisce about old times and hear what really goes on behind the scenes at that townhouse of Miss Sonia Morgan. Enjoy. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing today? And we need to get right into it because the time has come. We are once again having what we haven't had in a really long time listener appreciation day what there's a story to be told of course we have the one and only megan hubert did i say your name right you did yes awesome how are you i'm good i'm so excited to be here it's been a long time coming i've always wanted to dish the tea so i'm pumped to be here and here you are now where are you calling from you're in queens brooklyn Uh, i'm in williamsburg brooklyn yes i was close right yeah yeah close enough and you are what do you do you're working from home during the quarantine i've actually always worked remotely um i work at an events company um for marketers which is interesting because everything has gone virtual so um i run our, our all of our marketing um social videography digital uh, emails, um, et cetera. Um, so now we're in the virtual events world. So Zoom, you know, this is the place to be. <laughs> like what type of events? 
Um, so we throw, you know, tent pole conferences with the CMOs of major Fortune 500 brands. Um, we go to events like the Super Bowl. Um, Burger King Corporation hosted us at their headquarters there. Um, we go to the Cannes Lion Festival in the, um, the south of France every year, um, except for this year. Uh, south by Southwest um, in Austin, on and on. We throw about 60 events per year. Um, and it's just kind of gathering the marketing community together um, for some education, networking, drinks, et cetera. And virtual is like, it's trends. Cause like, you know, the celebrity are doing the whole virtual, like, you know, meet and greets and all that. And like, I've been yeah. a part of some of those, like I've helped Kim D on that. Like it's in like Tamara, it seems to be going well. It is. I think you have to pivot. There's no choice. Um, I would say it's not exactly a replacement of real life events, but it's a solid alternative. Um, and you know, we're doing the best we can. So like always working at home, your life is just continuing as it always has. It's kind of. It is. Yeah, exactly. So now, well, welcome behind the velvet rope. We're so happy to have you. And so when you first, you know, everyone reaches out and, you know, listen, we have a listener appreciation day for a reason. There's a wait list now, but you reached out and you expressed that, you know, I'm not going to read, like everyone gets nervous when I pull up the DM. So yeah. don't, don't worry. But, you know, you said that you discovered our podcast last week and you're obsessed. That's how you started the, the introduction. Now, what episode did you find us through? We're always, or how did you find us? I'm always curious now. Yeah. Um, so I saw the Charlie podcast blow up in the news. Um, and it was very timely, just about, it was right at the reckoning of Kristen and Stassi. Um, so it really kind of fueled my detective work in terms of what was going on with Pump Rules. Um, and from there, you know, the, the Tamara episode had me up in arms just hearing her perspective since she was sadly let go. Um, you know, you guys do amazing work. Your, your Sonia Up All Night episode will be very um, relevant to what we talk about today. So that really had me, you know, uh, reminiscing um, of my days working for her. So yeah. When you clicked on that, because there's always a write-up that goes along with these guys. We do a nice little, when you clicked on that episode, did you think Sonia was a guest or was it clear from the write-up that Sonia was not a guest? That our good, was, that our listener Brian Carlos was our guest that day. Um, I thought it was very clear that she was not participating because I also know her antics, and I don't think she would probably remember what to say in the scheme of things. That's true. No, I just that yeah. episode happened to be very highly rated, which you know, yeah. no, no, I'm not shunning our wonderful listener Brian Carlos I just was like Jesus this is a really highly rated episode does everyone yeah. think Sonia's on this episode but the Charlie one really believe it or not I mean listen I don't hold things back Charlie was our highest rated episode of all time ever to this Amazing. moment like who would have thought that like I swear like you just I guys I've lost track of being able to predict these things because like you said yeah. timing and she was talking about the OGs and like for anyone who hasn't had Listen, the whole thing was Charlie basically being honest about how she was bullied by the OG cast, which it literally was released the day after Kristen and Stassi were let go. So yes, the timing was right, but that's our, that was our highest rated episode ever. So not that you're not a wonderful and fabulous person, Megan. So when you wrote to me and you're telling me you're obsessed with the podcast, it was great. Then I kept reading and I woke up from my dead sleep. So then Megan says, and let me just set the scene guys take a seat 
Then Megan said to me after saying she was obsessed with the podcast, I lived in Sonia's townhouse for a summer, like six years ago, as her quote unquote, live in intern. So I always appreciate the perspective behind the rope. Keep slaying. Well, I threw everything aside. We needed a moment. That was all I needed. And then it's like, okay, drop what you're doing, Megan. You need to come on audience listener appreciation day. This is crazy. Uh, I, it really is. And Danny Pellegrino and I were DMing years ago about me doing something, but I had a five-year NDA contract that I signed when I started. And it was perfectly timed reaching out to you once I discovered your podcast. It just felt, the moment felt right. So it's, it's nice that I'm finally free to talk about everything. And we love our Danny Pellegrino. We had him on our show. So, you know, that's so funny that you guys, you were going to go on that show. Now we're, yeah. now I'm even more excited to have you here. <laughs> But so there's a lot of things that you said, which, okay, let's just slow it down. So let's go back to this. So this was six years ago. Now, what were you doing in life? I have no idea how old you are now, yeah. but you seem young. So like, were you in college? What, what was going on? So I had just graduated college. Um, and I actually went, I went to the same college as Dorinda. So it's always fun to have that hindsight. Um, I went to college um, at Franklin and Marshall um, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I was a sociology major. My thesis was on fan culture and how social media has changed the dynamics between fan and celebrity. Um, so it, it felt very on brand for me to work for Sonia. I was, I live in the town where Real Housewives of New Jersey is filmed. I went to school with Ashley Holmes. So like Bravo is just like my second language. Um, and I was watching the show and this is around the time when I was obsessed with tweeting at celebrities and I was very smart about reaching out to them. Like you need to know they're active and then you need to hit them. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's in the moment. And I saw Sonia was active during an episode back when, uh, Tyler was her, you know, cherished intern. Um, and I just tweeted at her and I said, Hey, I really want to be an intern for Sonia Morgan. And she liked the tweet and I found her email and I said, Hey, you know, you liked my tweet, you know, don't tease me. Like you got, you got to give me a shot. And she literally answered me and was like, can you, can you hop on the phone? Like right now? Um, Miss M, Miss M. That's how she always, I always had to call her Miss M. So Did she sign like, the email Miss M? Miss M. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we had a phone call probably the next day. um, And the only questions she asked me were what my horoscope was and what college I went to. That was as far as it got. And I told her I was a cancer and she was like, wow, so you're probably really sensitive, but I think like you have a big heart. So this will work. Can you come tomorrow? Like for a formal interview. So I was like, Sure. So I trekked to the Upper East Side from Jersey when I was living with my parents. And I thought it was an interview, but it ended up being like day one on the job. Like I was gardening, I was cleaning, I was setting the table, I was running groceries. And then she was like, can you come back next week and move in? And that's how it started. 
I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. We're a reality TV podcast here, right? So who is the toughest chef that we can think of? My mind goes to Hell's Kitchen's Gordon Ramsay. So I don't know, call me crazy, but like if you're going to think of what pots and pans get past someone like Gordon Ramsay, those are the pots and pans I'd want to use, right? Enter Hexclad. They're actually the pans that Gordon Ramsay uses at home and in his Michelin star restaurants. Hexclad has revolutionized the cookware industry with its patented hybrid cookware. Incredibly durable, combining the performance of stainless steel and the easy to clean of nonstick. I actually just gave my friend Lisa out here in the Hamptons has a brand new house. I actually just gave the 13 piece Hexclad set to her as a housewarming gift. She told me it was the best housewarming gift she got. The 13 piece set has everything you would need. Eight inch pan, 12 inch pan, pots. Also, and just really focus on this, Hexclad comes with a lifetime warranty. For a limited time, my listeners get 10% off their entire order with code VELVET at hexclad.com. Just go to H-E-X-C-L-A-D.com and use code VELVET. Your kitchen will truly never be the same. You know, our bi-weekly co-host, Miss Sarah Frazier, always tells me on air that I'm aging in reverse. Those are her words, not mine. You've heard her say them. I don't have that much of an ego. And you know, I actually feel bad because the last time she said that, well, all the time she said that, I never actually explained why. I wish I could thank my mom, say I have great genes, but honestly and truly, it's because of one skin. Now, here's the thing. I don't get into the science behind all of this. I just want to look good. But in their labs, by treating AIDS, skin scientists found that the OS.01 peptide reverses skin's biological age by reducing the number of a certain amount of cells by up to 50%. Now, I don't really need to hear any more. I hear scientists, peptide, and reversing skin's biological age. Sign me up. But here's the thing. It really does work. Their eye topical supplement and their face topical supplement feels like such a high-end product. And they're free fragrance-free, so there's no irritation for sensitive skin. Now, for a limited time, my listeners can get 15% off OneSkin with my code VELVET. Just go to oneskin.co and insert code VELVET. Again, oneskin.co, insert code VELVET, and you'll get 15% off. Okay. (laughs) Slow it down. I know. That is like a 15-hour show right there. Now, let's, (laughs) this is, I have a couple questions. So, First of all, I mean, it's not about me. It's never about me. It's always about the guests. But so like I guested on Vicky Gumbleson's podcast and like I talked about like the pitfalls of fame and like reality TV. Like this is just something that I go on other podcasts to talk mm-hmm. about. So go back to this major of yours. Like what was it? It was about, because I'm so, this is what I talk about. I could talk about this for hours. Like 
the what was it like just the interaction between fans and like reality tv like that's a major or a minor what, what so you it was? i was a sociology major um but i also had a minor in women's and gender studies as well as music um, ethnography so um basically i wrote my senior thesis in a class that was about technology intersecting with you know, how people interact and the rise of social media and how that impacts relationships. So my thesis was about Miley Cyrus um, compared to, you know, the 90s rock, 80s, 90s rock stars um, and how people assume with social media, there's more intimacy and more of a, a close relationship between the fan and the celebrity. But really, we're just doing work for the celebrity. Like, they're not liking your tweets. They're not responding to you. They're retweeting you when you say, I love Miley Cyrus's new album because you're promoting their album for them. You know what, if they don't really care about you in the scheme of things. So it was about um, unpacking that, um, which again, like the whole celebrity idea of living with a celebrity, like a celebrity, right? Like in the Bravo scheme of things and experiencing that firsthand, again, behind the velvet rope was like basically like a case study for me and what I explored at school. Right. I mean, that's, and that is, was that the general thing to the thesis? And do you think, like, did you realize that before this thesis in your major? And do you think most people do? Because I don't know if most people do. So the irony is I am obsessed with celebrity, but I also was looking, so I was looking at it internally as a fan, but also externally as a sociologist. So it adds that perspective, insider versus outsider. And I can completely acknowledge that that's the way it is. But if Andy likes my tweet, if Lena Dunham like has liked my tweet, which all this has happened, I still get excited about it. Like, yeah. so it's, it, yeah. So I think it's like, it's hard to debunk that and, and like take it apart because I'm still a fan and I'm still going to take it if I get it. I get it. I feel that on the spectrum, I was there and now I feel like I'm almost not there. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if Madonna liked one of my comments or share, but other than that, I have, yeah. But, but I get it. But I mean, I, I just think it's so interesting. I mean, that's the whole genesis of this podcast, to be behind the velvet rope, but also a fan. But yeah. I find that I now get less excited when people comment and like things, which is not to say I, there's no, there's no positive or negative, but that's, but I don't know if most people get that. Like, I agree mm -hmm. with you that, yeah, you're going to be retweeted or liked or reposted when you're saying how much you love them, which is for them. You're making them look good to sell something to make more money. This, so it's good to be a fan, but like to your point, it doesn't mean they love you really. Right. I mean, my, my thesis, my ending thesis was fandom is free labor in the schema thing. You're, you're a promotional totally. arm, you know, for them. Um, but again, I'm happy to do it. And I'm, you are too. <laughs> totally. I mean, I just wrote a book about this. I mean, when it comes out, who knows, but it's really about literally, it's literally a hundred percent how I went from being a fan to a friend mm -hmm. and then like a friend to running a business. And so like, how did mm -hmm. I turn being a fan into like an actual profitable business? And that's kind of like an overlying theme of my book of like, you know, for everyone who's, I was just on Margaret Joseph's podcast too. And she's like, you know, everyone says you're a stalker and this and that. And like, my thing is like, yeah. And Margaret's thing too is like, who cares? Like, but my point of 
which is in the book, is kind of like, it was always more about me. Like, I always was kind of mm. in on the joke that you're retweeting me or whatever because it makes you look good. And it really was more about me. I just needed to figure out how to turn it into a business and now I finally have. So, right. But I think that's so interesting. Like, I could talk about that all day because I think me too. it's just from like a sociological point of view, it's interesting. And just the bigger thing of like, why do you like certain celebrities? You know, like, why do I love Sharon Madonna other than the fact that I'm like a nice, self respecting gay boy? But you know, it's just interesting. And then like someone could say someone else. And it's just, I find it so interesting why you like certain celebrities and you don't and reality stars. And I think it just all, I think it's more of a selfish thing then people realize like you're a fan, but it really is what it does for you inside. Mm. Yeah. And now switching gears, because we don't, you know, you'll you'll come back on for 12 other shows. Is Dorinda a big deal at the college you mentioned? Or like, do people say, oh, Dorinda went here? Or it's not even mentioned. No, no. So I met her at a Lady Gaga concert um, with her daughter. And it was probably like three years after I I was with Sonia. And I was back there, I think before Dorinda maybe season one of when Dorinda was on um, in terms of their, I was there when they were airing the show. Um, but when I met her, it was so funny. I was like, Hey, I went to FNM and she was like, Oh my God, alumni. And then she was like, I told her about Sonia and, and working for her. And she was like, Oh, I pray for you. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm on the other end now. It was lovely. But yeah, no, FNM does not acknowledge that. I didn't even realize that she went there until one of my, you know, like colleagues told me recently. That's so funny. So, so look, so you were industrious, like you right out of school, you had no job. You just reached out to Sonia. So she, these were the questions during the interview. She just cared about the horoscope sign. So what would have happened if you said you were a Gemini? Like, I, I, I don't know. You wouldn't have gotten the job. We wouldn't be here today, David. <laughs> oh my God. So, okay. So that, and then you went for the interview, but what you just showed up and she's like, go set the table, like all of a sudden it became your, like, when was it evident that your interview was actually your first day of work? Uh, like probably five minutes in, I basically walked in and I mean, it's, it's a mat, it's a five floor townhouse, you know, like it needs a lot of work and a lot of upkeep. So I walked in there. Um, this was a week after pickles got let go. Um, you know, at fan favorite pickles. Um, and I think she was, and Pickles lived with her. So she has a rotating like five um, interns at a time, but the majority of them just work like 10 hours a week, a few hours a week. And then she has one live-in who's basically an assistant. Um, so I got there and she was like, okay, this, 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 and this, and like gave me a list of things that needed to be done with like no context. And, th- and then I had dinner with her and her daughter and then I moved in. So when you showed up, were there, was, was there other interns in the house at the same time? Not that day, no. And what were some of the things that were just like, go do this with no context? Like, I'm just so curious. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it was, they were very trivial things, like literally taking out the trash, taking the dogs to the groomer, um you know running errands like dropping off like she had a lot of designers that would lend her clothes so I would like go to designer showrooms drop them off um watering the plants every day um making starting her Epsom salt bath in the morning bringing her oatmeal um we used her toaster for dinner she taught me how to make eggplant farm the toaster is real 
Um, were I, you, you know, Were you like, a, I mean, you were a fan. Like, you watched Roni at this point. Yeah. Were you dying when the toaster was involved? Were you like, I'm dead? Yes. And it was so hard to, like, remember, like, I am at her ser- for service. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to ask her a million questions about the toaster. But it was just one night she was like, Let's make eggplant parm. Quincy's here, who's her daughter. Yeah. Um, she had a very sweet relationship with her daughter. And she just was like, the best eggplant parm you'll ever make is in this toaster oven. And I was like, all right, I guess we're using a toaster oven. Was there, okay, so other than, you know, welcome, there's no interview here, is a list of like 13 things to do. Was there ever like a sit down, you know, like, oh, so um, first of all, I'm imagining that this internship was unpaid, I'm assuming. So I got $200 a week in petty cash. Um, so when was that discussed? Like, was it, that was discussed like the day I got there. Um, because I think once I moved in, um, so not the day of like the interview, AKA my first day on the job, when I moved in, Tyler was there, her old intern that literally ran her life and he trained me and everything. So he had like a binder and he just like threw it on the table and he was like, this is everything you need to do. It's actually remarkably organized in terms of her day to day life and what needs to get done. Like getting her vitamins and medicine ready in the morning, you know, and like, you know, when she goes to Europe for a weekend, this is what you pack and this is the bag you use. And these are the shoes you pack, like with pictures of everything. Like I will say they were wildly organized, which I was not. So I looked very foolish for someone who went to like a good liberal arts school. Like I looked like incompetent half the time because it just, I'm not meant to pick up people's trash. I'll just say that. Um, I, so I get it, was, it. It was a little belittling, but like, I just kept trying to be like, I need to power through for the story. Like, this is wild. And there were cool parts of it, which you can get into more, like, because the show was airing and what we did while the show aired, you know, being involved in, like, the social media amplification of that was really cool. Um, Having, like, viewing parties with all of her team Sonia was really cool. Um, So things like that. So, okay, so you get there. I'm still, like, I'm taking it. So you get there, and she's like, no, this is all good. And she's like you're going to get $200 like under the table a week to do what you want with. And then was there ever the, so, I mean, you've got something, but was there ever a like, you know, an internship is a mutually beneficial thing and I'm going to pay you, but the goal is really that you should learn something. And what are your goals in life, Megan? And like, there was nothing like that. And like, you know, rather than just being, you know, my person to do these things, what would you like to get out of this internship? And what would you like to learn? No, it was really just like hit the ground running. Um, And like, again, she has a massive house, you know, she's a daughter, she was, you know, balancing businesses, I I never understood what they were while I was there, but she apparently was. So she just had a lot that had to be done. And she just was like, all right, let's go for it. Like you're jumping right in. Like there's, there's no turning back. And was Tyler, when he threw this binder on the table, was he like, good fucking luck, I'm out of here, your life is over? Or nothing, how did that handoff go? He was so sweet. I I would praise him endlessly, um, because I had to text him a lot, like, as I was starting being like, because I was terrified, you know, like, if I did something wrong, or didn't know what to do. So I was in communication with him a lot in the beginning, just being like, like, crap, like, I need to make sure that, like, I don't, mess this up because she has a very high expectation and if something is not done the way she likes it to be done she's insanely meticulous um that she would lose it so I actually worked very closely with him in the beginning just like as I 
started understanding the flow of the day and what her priorities were, you know, like if I, if, you know, the dog poop wasn't cleaned up outside, you know, I would hear it, you know, like by 8am. So it was things like that. Um, I also got her a credit card to use for like groceries, um, cause I did grocery shopping for them and like household, you know, shopping things that she would need for cleaning purposes. I did that. So, I mean, and I worked seven days a week. So on, honestly, I, it, it was better than me being home and like wasting money doing nothing. And when did the NDA get thrown out there? Like right away, there's $200 right. a week. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps lower your bills all in one place. Right now, how many unused subscriptions do you each think you have? You buy a product one time, you watch a TV streaming service for a month. Did you read the fine print? Do you know that you're being charged every month? Do you know that it was a recurring subscription? Did you know that and mean to cancel and yet not cancel? I mean, it happens to me literally almost every other week. And it's not even like that you've personally forget about these things. It's that when I do finally remember, the, the the fine print is so detailed. Like I can't find which page to go to, how to cancel it. I mean, I think they do that on purpose. Rocket Money has cleaned all of this mess up and has saved me a ton of money, mostly with like the TV streaming services, Peacock, Hulu, Netflix. I can keep going. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage all your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash velvetrope. That's rocketmoney.com slash velvet rope. Rocketmoney.com slash velvet rope. Right when I moved in. Yeah. The day I moved in, I had to sign that. I mean, that makes sense. Smart. Yeah. That's smart. And did we ever not get our $200? Was that on time? No, no, I was definitely, no, she was great about that. Like she had like a really good schedule and um, also like $200 doesn't get you very far. Um, so I would, you know, just remind her if there was ever a situation where she didn't, but she was on top of that. So, okay. So go back. I think you mentioned this. So when you started doing all these things, when did we decide that you were going to be the full-time, like move into my house and sleep here and pack all your stuff, leave New Jersey and come live with me? When did that happen? So I think it was an urgent decision on her end when she realized that Pickles was leaving and she didn't have someone 24 seven to, you know, like be at her service constantly. So when it was either over email or over a phone call um, and she was like, listen, I know you wanted to just do like kind of an internship the way that some of the other folks do, you know, 10 hours a week, but we actually could use a live-in intern. And it just kind of naturally happened. And it was one of those things where I was like, wow, that's like, that's as inside as I get to like, to be as close to a Bravo celebrity, like we're sleeping under the same roof. So to me, it was like, why not? Like, this is, I, I, I'm, I already, I asked for it. So like, you know, like ask to leave, receive, like I got it. And I, and like, it couldn't have been a more wild circumstance for a Bravo fan. So I couldn't say no. Were you ever like, well, why me? There's four others. I just got here. Like, why am I the chosen one? Or was that never crossed your mind? You were like, I live for Bravo and this is behind the velvet rope. Yeah, I think if I had hesitated, she would have been like, we'll find someone else. Like, I, like she said it and I was like, yep, sure. I'll be there next week. Like, sure. Like, there was just no option to me. And so now why did Pickles, why wasn't Pickles, she was there for a while. What happens with Pickles? Um, she had some problems um, and t- 
trash. I'm not going to get into full details out of respect, but she trashed the um, like the intern quarters, um, which were on the fifth floor. She had like a whole apartment basically to herself, and she really got messed up and ruined it. So um, when I lived there, I had to live on the second floor in like on like this like couch because I think she kind of scarred Sonia because she kind of took advantage of the situation. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I'll say about that. So Pickles did something inappropriate is what you're saying. Yeah. And that's why her employment came to an end. Yeah. Were you excited to meet Pickles? Like, I mean, you had seen her on air. Uh, yes, I was very devastated that um, the way it worked out that I did not get to. But I was happy enough to meet Tyler because he was like the knight in shining armor for Sonia. And what was I going to say? Um, so, I mean, now that she asked you to move in, like you were still like how much into this? Was it like five days? I think you mentioned it, but remind me. So it started out, um, I would get off Saturdays um, and then a few weeks went by and she was like, "Never mind, you're working for me seven days a week. Um, so like she would knock on my door at 11 p.m. on a Sunday and say, hey, like I'm hungry and bored. Do you want to go get dinner? And I would be like in my bed and I'd be like, okay. So we would just 11 like, get p.m.? Dinner. Yeah, like randomly. Okay, so let's just go back for a few more Sorry. seconds. No, 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 this yeah. is, there's, there's so much here. So now when you decided to take this job, now you're, you're at home in Franklin Lakes, I assume? Uh, Wyckoff. So I went Wyckoff. to a school in Franklin Lakes, yeah. Did you ever go to Pizza Love? It's Kathy Wakili's place there. It's yes, good. it's great. Delicious. It's delicious. Shout out to Miss Kathy. And Kathy listens to the show, trust me. Um, so well, you're, you're home and your parents are like, did they understand your obsession with Bravo? Are they like, what do you mean you're going to go live with like a 50-year-old woman? I mean, no disrespect to age because, I mean, I'm no spring chicken. I'm just... What was going through your parents' mind at this point? I am a free spirit, and I think my parents, any decision I've made, they just know I'm an unpredictable person, and I'm just going to do, like, I have a conviction, and if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and I don't necessarily ask for feedback um, like most kids would. I just kind of told them that I was doing it, but when I told them, like, this fell into my lap, they were like, oh, I mean, you you have to do it. Like, that's hilarious. Like, you're not doing anything else right now. And they were like, use this time to apply to real jobs. And, you know, like, but also to fulfill your Bravo fan dreams at the same time. So they thought it was hilarious. You know, it was like the talk of the town that it was happening, you know. So they were uh, supportive, but obviously confused by the choice. And at any point, I mean, this, at this point, was it um, was it more like, okay, I got a job and a place to live? Um, or was it like, you're still in that, you know, like we talked about the fan versus like yeah. real, the real, where you were in the fan mode. Yeah. And I think it was funny because I was like, I'm going to put this on my LinkedIn like and my resume. Like this is a talking point eventually. And every interview I've ever been on, it's discussed. And like, it has like this little bit of, spiciness to my background and experience were they like oh my god you were interned I mean does, does that so when you go for like 
you know, other, in, did, did it come out your, at your current job now? Were they like, yeah. talk, really? Any like new hire that we have when I like onboard them, like it always gets brought up. And then people are like, can we do a follow-up call for 30 minutes where I pick your brain? And I'm like, sure. So uh, it's constantly, ha- and it's in my Instagram bio. I think it's funny. Um, like I have like once lived, like lived with Sonia Morgan in her townhouse and people occasionally reach out to, it's, it's a fun talking point. It is. Well, I mean, it got me to respond to you immediately. I mean, I would have responded anyway, because I actually am really good at responding to DMs, but I went from, you know, subscribe to my podcast and make sure you, you know, love me versus uh, I need to speak to you immediately. (laughs) Okay. So your parents dealt with it. This is your dream. You move in. She, I mean, at this point you already worked there where she like, choose your room. You have a choice of four rooms or was it like, this is the intern room. These are the details that, that matter. Oh, no, it was like, you can't live in the staffing quarters because of pickles. So you're stuck in this room. And it was like, I wouldn't really call it a couch. Like, it, it was tiny. My body barely fit on it. And I had this like dresser and a closet with like a full length mirror. Um, I mean, it, it was small, but and I had a private bathroom, which was nice. That's um, nice. But I made do. Yeah. And then, okay, so once you're there, was it you can come and go as you please? You have plans with friends on the Upper East Side, you're going down to the village, or was it like these, you know, I mean, I guess you were working, but like when you weren't working, could you just come and go as you pleased? Um, I could get away with if I was running errands all day, like, you know, she always had me doing something. I wasn't there for nothing. So I can get away with, like, I had a few friends that lived at home on the Upper East Side that I would be like, do you want to go on a walk with me or do you want to get coffee? But if I was gone for more time than she thought I should be gone, I was getting hounded. So, I, and I would say, you know, I was up at 6 a.m., you know, doing all the chores I had to do and probably I'd get in bed at 11 and like watch something, I don't, something on TV. I had a tiny TV in there, so I'd watch something on Bravo and then the next day would start. So it was like late nights and early mornings. Yeah. Now, let's talk about some of these things you mentioned before about the, like, knock on the door at 11. So, you know, describe this. Like, was Sonia looking for a friend? Like, did she have a lot of friends come over? Like, talk to me about the personal side of all this. Yeah, so she is, I will preface all of this with, she has the most enormous heart. Everyone can see that on the show. She's so, you know, friendly and open and kind and warm. Um, but, so I was there while the show aired. Um, which was interesting. It wasn't filming, which at first I was a little bummed, but I thought the airing actually added a lot of interesting touch points because, you know, she, she, like, she's a little, you know, outside of the realm of reality, to, to put it nicely. And she had an idea of how the show went when she filmed it. But then when we aired it, mm-hmm. right, like, it was, oh, they completely, you know, manipulated my storyline to make me out to be a drunk, but me and Ramona's contracts got, you know, lifted and we're paid, we're getting paid more. So that's what happened. And she was aware of that. Um, that's a side note. But um, I was expecting her to be in constant communication with the housewives, hanging out with them because they all seemed to be relatively close. But there was maybe one instance when Dorinda came over, I, we would text uh, Ramona sometimes but she really, her team, you know, the people that cater to her, her facialists, right? Like 
her doctors, um, you know, um, her interns, all of her, you know, gay community that she loves. Those are the people she hangs out with. So, you know, she trusted me. And if she, you know, was feeling needy and wanted to, you know, talk to someone and, and you know, them really just be a listener um, while she vents about the show, that was me. And it was interesting because she knew I was a fan. So she would talk to me and, you know, she knew I was on her side. So if she was mad at Heather that day or, you know, mad at Harry Dubin, you know, like I would hear that. Um, so she would just wake, almost wake me up in the middle of the night occasionally and be like, let's go get dinner somewhere. I want a burger and I want to talk. So we would just, I'd, I probably wouldn't have even eaten because I ate already. And then I'd just sit there and listen to her vent about the show. And that's all she talked about. Okay, so there's so many more things again. Now, when you, first of all, are you, and again, I also, I don't like to insert my own opinions into interviews and sit downs because it really isn't about my opinion. It's about the audience's opinion. But, and I do love Miss Morgan. So with that said, I, I also love Miss Morgan, but I, that's not my job. My job is just to get to the bottom of things here. So are you saying that Sonia, really her friends were her facialists and her doctor and her <laughs> interns? Because that's what I hear. She has, I would say, um, like three really close friends where she travels with um, to Europe. Like one of her friends um, has a house in Europe where like her and her daughter go visit her, go visit every summer. She has one friend on the West Coast she sees a lot. Um, but those relationships are obviously like very personal to her. I would never be involved in any of those meetings. Um, but in terms of everyday life, she lives a pretty simple life and she has you know, her gaze and Team Sonia around her at all times. You know, this is six years ago, so I, I don't know how much has changed since then. Um, but, you know, and she was also just very focused on the fact that, that she was in promo mode because the show was airing, you know. So everything was about the show while I was there, which I would assume is a 365 kind of vibe for her. You know, she lives and breathes for the show, and it's clear. Um, yeah. And so was she mad at Heather and Harry Dubin quite a bit during your time there? Yeah. Um, Heather went on Watch What Happens Live. Um, and I cannot remember what she revealed, but she revealed something that had to do with Harry and Sonia, and it was completely not factual. Um, and I was with the housekeeper in the other room while Sonia called Heather, and she was like screaming at her, cursing her out, like, literally at the top of her lungs and I've never heard Sonia like yell so it would like yell in front of me like sure on the show like when she's like drunk but like she's never really yelling at people um because she's just so sweet and she was just going ballistic on Heather and like was like I trusted you I can't believe you're doing this you're going behind my back we had this conversation already so that was like the one of the more juicier moments when I was there because I remember just like looking at the housekeeper and we both were like like just like in shock that we were experiencing like what happens during Watch It Happens Live, but behind the curtain um, and like witnessing the aftermath of it all, which, which was wild. Like right after Watch What Happens, she was screaming yeah. at like midnight-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what about my buddy Harry that I'm out with every night prior to quarantine, who I've spoken to during quarantine many I a day? Yeah. What happened with him? She is very fond of him. Well, I was there. Um, she went on some dates. She had some guys over. Harry was never one to come in the door. 
Um, so, and again, this was the season airing after a lot of the Harry Sonia drama was happening, but the only discussion that was ever around him was about what was aired on the show, not what was happening currently. So I think, you know, in the moment when I was there, there was nothing crazy going on with them. Prior to quarantine sometime in like January or February, Harry told me a story like in real time that nothing, but something happened but we're not Ooh. gonna repeat it here. That's why I have a Patreon account. So not a plug for me, but anyone that goes to Patreon, that's where I talk about the more, but Harry told, and I'm like, if I repeated this, it's just, I mean, Harry's like, you, Harry, it's not Harry. Harry's like, you go to, re Harry is so loyal and like such a nice guy. He's like, you repeat whatever I tell you on your show that will help your show. I don't care. It's just, it's not my place to repeat. Yeah. But there is something. But um, anything else? Did you hear her like scream at anyone? Who was on the show at this point? Was that like Aviva? Was Tindley on the show? No, Tindley. Um, it was Ramona, Luann, um, Dorinda, Newly, um, Bethany, and Heather. Oh, Kristen. Um, mm. Yeah, that was the show. Kristen. Um, she had no beef with Kristen, but I was there. Um, the, one of the most like monumental moments that I probably experienced was I had Sonia's phone, I had her passcode. And when she, you know, was, I was with her when she was running errands, like if she was getting her nails done or getting her eyelashes done, I would have her phone and be like, you just got this email, you just got this test. And she was getting her eyelashes done when I had her phone and we um, found out from Ramona about the divorce, um, which was interesting because like that's, nice to see that they really are close friends that Ramona broke the news to Sonia like personally um because I think it was coming out soon so that was interesting and I remember Sonia told me to write a reply and I had to set sign it Megan for Miss M like which was so funny that like that even needs to be established um so yeah that was like one of the crazier moments in terms of like being intertwined with the housewives we also had a problem with Luann because um, when we would watch the show live, we had DVDs of it in advance. Mm -hmm. So we would kind of plan, you know, five minutes in, Megan's going to tweet this and all of Team Sonia re retweets it, but it's not coming from Sonia. So it's a little bit more evergreen. It's a little bit more clear. Um, and I was doing a lot of dirty work because she wasn't happy with Luann this season. And Luann like reached out to me on Twitter being like, you work for Team Sonia. I know it. Like, this is all a facade. And I was like, girl, like, why are you coming at me? Um, but like, I got us in hot water because like I was doing like doing a lot of the heavy lifting of, you know, calling people out on Twitter. Um, and then like everyone else was kind of retweeting it into the Twitter's verse. So it didn't look like it was coming from Sonia necessarily because she's a nice woman. Um, and we felt, you know, passionately about defending her. So we did. Um, but yeah, I got trolled a little bit by Luann. And like, what, you don't remember what you said? And it's, did you say it? Did you say it? Or you said it as Sonia? I said it from my account. Um, but then Sonia would retweet it. Like, you know, when, when Bravo celebrities get in trouble for like retweeting something and they're like, well, I didn't say it. Like, I yeah. don't think that, but like, it's an endorsement for that belief. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, my memory does not serve me well enough to know what it was because it was 
six years ago and I'm too sucked up in this current season and the queen of Leah um, to remember, but it was definitely an interesting moment that like they're, these grown ass women are coming at each other and coming at like their team because of the social media live chatter. Did Sonia say anything like during that season at home, like about Luann, you know what I mean? Just because she wasn't happy with her. Was she like when she would vent to you? I mean, that's what it sounds like she would vent to you about the show. I mean, did Sonia say anything at home about Luann? Because this is her like BFF at Crappy Lake. And I mean, Megan, 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 Queen Leah, Leah McSweeney. My, 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 how times have changed. This is why I love these reissues. But listen, this was an epic long chat with Sonia's former intern. So stay tuned for a part two coming next week. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.